welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Today we're going to have another very interesting show. We have a colleague and very dear friend of mine, Kiara Windrider, who will be spending the entire show with me talking about things that are actually very dear to both of our hearts. Kiara has been a real pioneer and adventurer in bringing together a number of different themes in his life from healing and peacemaking and social justice with spirituality and a deep sense of healing on both a personal as well as planetary and in some ways cosmic level. And we'll be speaking about that today, what that all means. He's developed a relationship and a a kind of work around the subject of the living being of Gaia. And that's really going to be a lot of the show today, talking about that on a macro scale. But we'll be going from that and zooming in, as it were, into something as close to what we're dealing with right now in our day-to-day living here in the United States and honestly the whole world which is looking at the current election cycle in the United States, which involves what we refer to as a transfer of power. What are the implications of which uh, winner of that? What are the ramifications for us all as sentient beings, as a planet itself? And we are going to be looking at all of that. Kiara has a very rich background as a teacher as well as a psychotherapist, and healer. He travels the world uh, teaching all over Europe. He lives in Turkey and just has developed a, a body of work and interests that really span the planet. They really do. It's such a pleasure to have a, uh, a brother who thinks so holistically as Kiara does. It's just, as you all know, that listen with any regularity to this show, how holism as a true dynamic, the micro-macro relationship is something that we are dealing with all of the time because it's our, our duty, basically, as humans to have that kind of imaginative scope. In that light, I'll just share with you that uh, Kiara has written four just beautiful books, Doorway to Eternity, A Guide to Planetary Ascension, Diksha, The Fire from Heaven, hmm, I think I have a chapter or so on that one, Journey into Forever, Surfing 2012 and Beyond, and Year Zero, Time of the Great Shift. So just by the names of these books, and uh, which reflects a lot of research and inner reflection that Kiara himself has done over the decades, shows you his intimate connection to looking at the larger cycles of the planet, of our galaxy, and even in our own personal lives. So with that introduction, I want to just bring bring Kiara on, and we're going to start looking at what this idea means of Gaia's planetary awakening. So Kiara... Welcome to A Better World. It's so great to have you on again. Oh, thanks, Mitchell. It's great to be on. It's great to connect on your show and you know, be with this very special group of individuals listening and being part of this amazing shift that's going on right now. Yes, indeed. Well, I would love for you to expand on that shift uh, because it shows up in so many different ways. And um, let if you would, be rather specific of what you mean so we can all make sure we're on the same uh, vibratory level, you could say. Hmm. Okay, sure. So, well, what I mean by the shift is a shift of consciousness that's collective, that's profound, that's connected with our experience of uh, being human on the earth as a living organic consciousness. So it's not just yeah. a shift that we are making as an, you know, the species or as individuals within the species, but that the planet herself is making. And when I say this shift, it's referring actually to a galactic frequency that's 
coming in from the center of a galaxy. Many scientists refer to this as a galactic superwave. So it's a creative wave. It's composed of cosmic gamma ray frequencies. And as it passes through our solar system, the intention, uh, and it's a living intelligence, um, the intention is to um, activate a new wave of evolution. And these waves have passed through our solar system and all the planets on our solar system every so often, uh, approximately every 12,000 years, actually. And as it passes through, it initiates these waves of awakening on the solar level, on a planetary level, and within every species that's on the planet. And the way this works is very interesting. So this changes, magnetic changes, gravitational changes, mass changes within the solar system, which leads to uh, eventually a drop in the magnetic field of the Earth and other planets as well. And this has begun. So we know that we are ready for the shift by the fact that the magnetic field of the Earth has already begun to decline exponentially. So about 200 years ago, it was pretty much at, the, at its base level. And then it started declining um, initially about 5% in between 1800 and 1900, another 5% in the next century, and then another 5% in the 10 years from 2000 to 2010. And now it's been another 5% decline in just the three short years following 2010. So as you see, this is declining very rapidly. And the reason that this is important is because the magnetic field of the Earth is like, a, um, is like an imprint of our consciousness. So it's the mental body of the Earth, which basically is a matrix through which our own human collective consciousness is held. And so it's, you know, for us, it's the matrix of duality. We've been trapped in this you know, field of duality for the last cycle of 12,000 years and previous cycles beyond that as well. And what's happening now is that this whole matrix is coming to um, a point of collapse. And, you know, so, so all the wars that have been fought and all the oppression and all the greed and all the terror mm -hmm. and trauma and drama and fear, all of this is trapped in this matrix. That movie matrix, you know, delineates this so clearly and beautifully and profoundly. And that whole matrix is collapsing. So you're unplugging now from this matrix on a personal level. Interesting. But also so you're saying that the, the decline of the power of the magnetic field, which has been holding the dualistic matrix in place, is collapsing in such a way that it's going to be creating a unified field. Exactly, yes. This galactic field, this frequency that's coming in, is a unified uh, field. Sri Aurobindo, uh, whom you know, refers to this mm -hmm. as the supermental light. You know, so this is the unified light that takes us beyond duality, beyond the rational mind and the five limited senses that keep us trapped in this matrix yeah. and gives us the opportunity to experience higher realms of mind and awareness where we actually do experience this unity consciousness. And it's not something that we are separate from. It's just that awareness cannot bridge through the dimensions to access that. And once yeah. we create the bridge between these worlds, then we become aware that we are already in that field of unity. We just haven't realized it and assimilated Cognized it. Cognized it. Yep, exactly. Right. So, it's so, so when they say that we're, we're surrounded by God, that all is God, or all is the, the Buddha field or Buddha nature, hmm. it's true. It's just, yes. it's not perceived as such. It's not cognized as such. We're cognizing ourselves and perceiving ourselves as separate from the field. And therefore, we, as thinking of ourselves as separate beings, as such, boundary beings, uh, we have all of the, you could say, accompanying neurosis that goes, egoic mm -hmm. neurosis that accompanies that. Is that right. a way of understanding? Right what you're saying. And the, the irony is that our bodies are much more connected with this unified field than our minds yeah. are. But for most of us, mm -hmm. our minds dominate 
our cellular consciousness, which is why we get sick, which is why we suffer with depression and fear and, you know, all these ills and diseases that we've created. Just because we've learned not to listen to our bodies, we've learned to trust in the mind rather than the heart, to trust in um, the mind rather than our spirit. So, you know, as we begin to shift out of the mind-based consciousness, which is locked into the matrix of duality, then we, or I should say, not the mind, but the rational mind, because there's levels of the mind that are beyond the rational mind. And this is what we're beginning to learn how to tap into now. So, as we pass through the threshold of the matrix of duality, then we can actually open our minds to higher levels of uh, perception. And this is what Alan Watts and the McKenna brothers and you know everyone who's experienced all this state of consciousness uh, have been experiencing. Exactly, exactly. So what you're posing is a you don't mind I'm translating a little bit from one communication to another for my audience is to say that our general uh, perception of reality is through our senses and that's all well and good it was designed for that we were designed for that biologically however Mm -hmm. when you really look at you know the visual spectrum when you look at the auditory spectrum you see that what is visible and what is invisible is vastly different and there's about one percent visible of the entire spectrum and the audio spectrum is similar. So what does that imply? It means that the mm-hmm. entire virtual universe outside of our ability to sense. And if so, mm-hmm. we know reality only through our senses, then mm-hmm. what we are, we're sort of like perceiving a sliver of a sliver of a sliver. Exactly. And all that you're sharing with us here, Kiara, is opening up a space of a larger mm. field that is much, much vaster, where mm. spirit resides, where different gradations of evolved intelligence arises. And we are part of that, that is indwelling. And of course, that's where Aurobindo's beautiful poetic intelligence comes forward and he was so connected that he could bring forth this understanding far beyond our ordinary human sensory understanding. And this is a shamanic perspective as well. So they talk about yes. um, being in, living in the middle world with our ordinary human senses and the rational mind. And then as we open our senses and our perceptions, we have access to the upper worlds, to the lower worlds. The upper world is this infinite realm of mind that surrounds us. That, you know, it's like if if our perception of reality is like one speck of dust in this infinite universe, it's as we open these doorways to the upper worlds and then also to the lower worlds, which is the world of our cellular mind. It's the world through which we mm-hmm. penetrate into the intelligence of the earth, of Gaia to connect with the web of life that is Gaia and we are part of her as another system. You know, so then we can actually be the bridge. Then we become co creators, we become part of the intelligence of Gaia awakening to herself and evolving to this next level of um, consciousness. Mhm. Mhm. So uh, beautifully put. What do you see as what we as humans at this moment of the planetary shift occurring can do Mm. to support. It's so funny because most people think of the earth as simply supportive of us. And unfortunately, that kind of uh, solipsistic perspective that it is there for us as simply our playground sandbox and Mm. our bank account basically you know with Mm. such things as its resources of gold and oil and platinum etc etc that that's just for the 
the human taking, you know, as it right. were, and therefore we have a um, a society that is so so askew from some yeah, kind of healthy balance. What would you say we could do to reorient ourselves to actually this time be in support mm. of Gaia, mm. Mother Earth? Well, it reminds me what you said of the words of Chief Seattle. And the Earth does not belong to us. We belong to the Earth. Yes, exactly. And to the whole family of Earth. So part of what I would yeah. say we need is simply to recognize that. It's like the that Gaia is an organic web of life, of all life. And humans are part of that web of life. We're not the top of the ladder necessarily as we like to think. We are an organic whole within Gaia where each species has its role and its place. And if we usurp that place for the rest of creation, then we suffer. It's like Chief Seattle said, you, know, you soil your bed and pretty soon, um, well, I forget the exact quote, but you know we've been messing up our own home and how much longer yes. can Gaia support us in that? So yes. part of what I see is that you know, we are embracing our wholeness by recognizing that we are part of this web of life uh, on a conscious level. And then on an inner level, we are simply surrendering to Gaia herself. We are able to receive her light. It's like our roots go deep into her. We feel her love. We feel her unconditional acceptance. We are welcomed here on this earth by Gaia. We feel the trust that comes from that deep sense of welcome. Yes. And then from that trust comes a sense of being able to surrender to this and open our hearts and open our lives to serving her in a way that we, we are no longer uh, in service to primarily the individual self or the separate self, but to the wholeness. Yes. Um, and this cannot happen without first opening those doorways. You know, the, they talked about the shamanic doorways to the upper worlds, to the lower worlds. As long as they're mm -hmm. trapped in the story of the middle world, of the rational self, then we don't have the ability to reach beyond. You know, then we live basically in survival, where uh, the body must survive, where I uh, put myself um, as an individual in opposition to the rest of creation mm -hmm. or to the rest of humanity. So that, that whole mindset is dissolving. So when I spoke earlier about the magnetic field weakening and collapsing, the other side of it is that as it moves to a certain point, say 20% of its field strength, we go through a very rapid decline and reversal following that. And this is a very, very short period of time. Many indigenous people have talked about the three days of darkness, where there's yes. a putting down of the old matrix, a reset to something new. And what literally happens in this time is that as the magnetic fields drop rapidly, uh, the weakening magnetics actually trigger the production of what's known as DMT, or the spirit molecule, dimethyltryptamine, mm -hmm. within the pineal gland. And that literally mm -hmm. opens up doorways of perception where we begin to... Mm -hmm open the doorways to the upper worlds, to the lower worlds, oh, experience ourselves as multidimensional beings, experience a unity with, with the self. And Very as that happens... So the, that, that is commensurate with the uh, kind of an inverse proportion to the collapse of the magnetic field. The DMT right. molecule gets released in the pineal gland. Right. And at the same time, what's happening is that because the magnetic field is collapsing the shielding uh, that the Earth has uh, from solar radiation, from cosmic radiation and radioactivity is also yeah. um, dissolving, which means that we are being bombarded by all this radiation and radioactivity coming in, which causes mutations, uh, which in ordinary circumstances would, would be very detrimental to humanity and to the Earth's evolution. Sure. But sure. in this particular situation, because of the nature of uh, what this magnetic field collapse is about, it's like a cocooning. It's 
so it's like the caterpillar going inside the cocoon, uh, being bombarded with this new potential. Our DNA is being of activated. So everything that's potential within us, you know, scientists yes. tell us that we have all the potential within our DNA for everything that is ever possible. We just haven't activated that yet. So in this particular moment, when the DMT is being activated within the pineal gland, the whole endocrine system begins to awaken and reconnect with source energies. Then the new vibrational frequency is coming in from the galactic center and the cosmic radioactivity pouring in uh, from the cosmos can begin this process of reactivation. So what biologists are recognizing now is that this is how evolution has always proceeded. There's gradual um, evolution, and then there's quantum leaps. And these quantum leaps take place right around these times of magnetic reversal. So every 12,000 years or so, you know, there's sudden, powerful, dramatic leaps of consciousness where within a generation, you have huge numbers of species going extinct and an equal number of species, millions of new species being created because this is all happening through the intelligence of Gaia as this creative wave of light comes through from the center of a galaxy. So so this time what I see is that what's different is that humans have wakened enough to a point where we can actually co-create with Gaia. And this is exciting yes. to me. It's like we can actually be a bridge. You know, we are portals between endless galaxies and intelligences beyond to be able to access that through our bodies into the earth. And when this happened 12,000 years ago, uh, what would you say were the outer uh, manifestations of that awakening that happened then Hmm. when I imagine we were, uh, in your understanding, bombarded with the waves right. then as well. Was well, that the beginning of happened. that was the the beginning of uh, very very early of the Egyptian society well, of the Chinese the, yes, of the Indian Vedic. It was the beginning of all the cycles of civilization after the collapse of the Atlantean kingdoms. So about 12,000 years ago, maybe 11,800 years ago, was the final sinking of the landmass of Atlantis. And then the survivors went on towards China and Tibet and uh, Peru and India and Egypt and created new civilizations, remembering um, what they knew from the past. So all these gods and goddesses were actual real beings. They were rulers who came into these civilizations, bringing the knowledge of the past, which gradually got forgotten as the as density increased. Um, mm-hmm. But this is, this is, and the reason um, that, the, that Atlantis collapsed at that point, one reason, may be that the Earth's Merkaba, the, the grid system that protects and stabilizes the planet, wasn't um, as stable as it could have been. And so when these massive mm-hmm. galactic forces came through, it basically broke down that grid system. The tectonic plates shifted. Uh, the whole crust of the Earth moved so that um, land masses sank, new land masses arose. Um, what I gather at this time is that the Merkaba, the grid system of the Earth, is much more stable right now, mm-hmm. uh, which makes a difference. So when we have these new galactic waves coming through at this juncture, magnetic reversal, uh, we have the potential, or the Earth has the potential to birth itself in a much smoother way than what was possible before. Yeah. And much of this has yeah. to do with those who have been invited to this planet. You know, Gaia has invited galactic beings from all over to take birth uh, to come into human bodies, to hold our light, to bring new awareness, to do what is required, to stabilize these grids, all through our consciousness, all through being able to hold that light of unity within the field of duality. Yes. 
beautiful, Kiara. Let's let everybody know that you are listening to A Better World with Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. And we also have a weekly television show here in the Big Apple every Monday evening at 7 p.m., which if you are in Manhattan, you can tune in by going to your favorite cable channel. All of that is on our website, abetterworld.tv. Or if you are outside Manhattan, we realize that life does exist outside of Manhattan, and then you would just have to go to that same website, abetterworld.tv, and click at the top where it says, Watch Here, and click through, and you, voila, will be there. Here, in a better world, that is. So today, uh, we are spending the show with Kiara Windrider, teacher, healer, therapist, author, and uh, a real pioneer and adventurer in looking at the interface of Gaia as a living being with the galactic waves, the frequencies that are coming our way and penetrating into our atmosphere at this point in time, part of a a 12,000 or so year cycle, and what this means for us as human beings. I mean, some are aware of the powerful human uh, potential that we all carry, and yet when we kind of look around at human civilization, some wonder if we can even use the word civilization to describe it, because we have leaders who are so self-interested, which seems to be the direct diametrical opposite to what leadership should be, which is the governance of all the people for the people. I mean, isn't that what is written in our Constitution? Yet, It seems like it's being defied at every turn, and our election cycle today is sort of exemplary of that diametrically opposing uh, what we, Kiara and I, and so many others would feel is our deep heart intelligence. So it's ruffling our feathers to watch what's going on. Kiara, could you take the larger galactic... um, understanding and appreciation of what's coming our way on that level and in a sense metabolize it express how that's showing up on the stage of our planetary situation right now Mm, beautiful yeah that's really the ultimate question for us today Um, and yes it's directly connected um I see what's happening now is that more and more light is pouring in. You know, these galactic frequencies are extremely high-level intelligent frequencies that are what Sri Aurobindo referred to it as the supramental light. It's that light coming in from unified levels of consciousness beyond space and time, beyond creation itself. And as it enters through space and time, through this matrix that we've referred to, Earlier, it's breaking up um, what's being held in that in the structure of duality, in the fixed mind, in the whole, in all those dualistic beliefs and world systems. So what's happening is that all the shadows that have been stuck in our collective psyche are being brought to the surface. The same thing that was happening during World War One, World War Two, you know, the most of the last century has been about dredging up all the shadows from the past. You know, everything that is polarized into dark and light is coming up from our own individual and collective psyches. And that's one reason people are going through so much trauma and drama right now on a collective as well as on a personal level. So the election cycle is a beautiful reflection of this. You know, we have um, Donald Trump who reflects this, you know, this narcissistic, pathological um, aspect of just unthinking um, aggression towards anything that moves. 
you know, that's, you can label it anything we want to label it as. You know, yeah. it's, it's just the ultimate reflection of our uh, of our human density and ignorance. And then, on the other hand, we have Hillary Clinton, who exemplifies our tendency to basically um, aggress towards other nations with the assumption that we can do anything we wish to do as policemen of the world mm-hmm. and that brown lives don't matter. Um, yes. That, and basically that corporations and Wall Street and um, those interests have priority over the, the structures lives of, of power. Yes, the structures of power that are now slowly be- becoming revealed. Um, So what's really happening is that people are beginning to see through this, um, these structures of power, what some call the cabal or the Illuminati system, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, it's a very, um, it's unconscious because it exists within all of us, but it's being externalized through a particular system of cabal. And this is now being brought to attention. So, you know, Hillary Clinton, Donald Trump as individuals, are simply representing a national, the national psyche, and not just a national, national psyche, a national schizophrenia. Yes, and way, so yeah. it's something that exists within us as part of this dualistic matrix. So all of us are in that matrix, you know. So it's not just to put blame on any one or two individuals. Now, on the other no. hand, someone like Bernie Sanders represents the the voice of people who are awakening, who have been able to find their voice and stand behind the environment, stand behind justice, stand behind equality and hope and vision, uh, stand behind new technologies that are, um, that are free energy technologies and mm-hmm. stand behind a justice department and peace department rather than war um, departments. And, you know, what happened with Bernie is a reflection of what's going on right now with um, the old systems still in a mode mode of um, aggression and domination through fraud, through uh, deceit. But people are awakening to this, and that's what's important. And And then we have... Absolutely. What we have then is a, a further expression in a direction of Bernie Sanders is what we have and Europe has had for many, many years is the Green Party. And the Green Party, of course, is named such because it has an intimate appreciation of the world of green. And in this case, I don't mean money. I do mean the green earth and appreciation of our ecosystem. And so that is at kind of at base, and they are a growing party. But I also, Mm. before going into uh, the Green Party and Dr. Jill Stein, who is the presidential nominee, who, you know, many of you know has been on these airwaves a few times, is that going back, Kiara, to something you were saying about the duality, uh, it's also expressed in what we call the two-party system or the duopoly that John Hagler mm-hmm. called it way back in the early 90s in the natural law party. Uh, and um, so with that changing, the duality, the duality of mind, it allows for space, cracks in the, in the mm-hmm. system for third parties, for a third energy or more mm-hmm. to arise mm-hmm. and be visible, right? And that's exactly. where we see the Libertarian Party, which is gaining some momentum, and we see the Green Party, which is showing up on the national stage as well. Jill Stein mm-hmm. has been interviewed not just on alternative radio, I don't mean to say just, but we are kind of natural places for her to migrate to, but she's also getting on MSNBC and CNN and Fox News, and they're having a bit of a love affair with her, which I'm really Mm -hmm. glad about. But this is exemplary, coming back to the larger picture, of 
of humans waking up, seeing through the guys, mm-hmm. the emperor that mm-hmm. has no clothes, and it's utterly, completely commensurate with the shifting in the magnetic field. So we have the, the macro-micro relationship. Would you mm-hmm. comment on that? Yes, exactly. It's what uh, I feel like there's new awarenesses that are percolating to the surface now that are beyond the either-or mentality, you know, that yes. has plagued humanity for so long. So either Democrat yes. or uh, Republican, Republican, either right, right or wrong, exactly. good or bad. What and a limited so now it's, universe. It's so limited. Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah, Can yeah. we expand the playground a bit, you know? Well, and it's like, you know, as long as our, our election system is controlled by the plutocrats and the Wall Street corporations, you know, what matters with profit, what mattered was was power. And so with the ascendancy of the Green Party and the Libertarian Party, what's coming into our awareness now is that the earth matters, people matter. Um, yes. Real life people have more yep. uh, power than corporations and Wall Street and banking systems. You know, someone mm-hmm. once said that um, there are two remaining superpowers in the world right now. One being the United States of America as a military-industrial complex, and the other is the voice of people worldwide that's gaining ascendancy. Yeah. This is, a, you know, what um, Bernie refers to as the 99%. You know, we are occupying this planet now as a consciousness that's awakening to itself, that's waking up to what's real, to what's possible, breaking out of our little boxes of limitations and fear, and learning how to harness the power of the infinite that flows through our hearts and minds to create a new world with our highest visions. And so what I see with Jill Stein is exactly that. You know, she has the passion, she has the charisma, she has the heart. I listened to her in Fort Collins um, about a week yes, ago. Yes, uh, you sent Colorado. me a beautiful email about that. That was great. Oh my God, it was uh-huh. just so heartening. You know, I haven't seen so much truth spoken by a politician ever. Yes. And yes. it's just so heartening to see that she's even in the running. You know, this is how who I would stand behind. Uh, and I would encourage so many others. And we are in a very strange time when people feel like they have to vote for the lesser of two evils. Those who don't like Hillary feel like they have to vote for Trump because they don't want Hillary. And vice versa, those who don't want Trump feel like they have to vote for Hillary. And what about voting your conscience? What about voting for the earth? What about voting to break down that old system of hierarchy and control and, yes. you know, allow something organic and new to emerge in the collective consciousness just because it's time. You know, I yeah. think there's, there's a timing to everything. Before a caterpillar is ready, it's not going to um, go inside the cocoon and, right. and emerge as a butterfly. But when the timing is right, it happens all by itself. There's nothing that has to be done through effort. It just unfolds. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we're at that critical mass right now where where humanity is ready to emerge into its full potential, where new species of humanity is emerging, what some call Homo Luminous, but also a new Earth, Gaia Luminous, is emerging, which carries the best of all of our highest visions. Uh, so, so our political system is reflecting this also. And I see that mm-hmm. there could be huge surprises in the next two months. Um, mm-hmm. What are you, what are you referring to? I'm not sure. I'm just feeling into the collective. Okay. It could be okay. something to do with um, Hillary Clinton being indicted. or her, I know her health hasn't been so good either. And yeah. if she drops out of the race, then that gives perhaps Bernie an opportunity to move forward. If he doesn't, it gives people the opportunity to maybe uh, get behind Jill Stein, especially those who were either supporting Bernie or 
um, not wishing to vote for either of the two main candidates mm-hmm. at the moment. So this mm-hmm. momentum is building. Right now, as we speak, uh, Dr. Stein is in the Dakota uh, pipeline region, you know, standing up for uh, the yes. the native peoples. That right, the native exactly. There and, and very passionately speaking for the earth, speaking for. Um, um, for upholding the justice of the indigenous people who are being utterly, completely oppressed by by uh, the corporation that's seeking to build the pipeline as well as even the police force that is there apparently mm-hmm. just kind of standing by rather than mm-hmm. actually coming to their aid and the dogs of the corporate security company have been right. let out to actually harass and bite the native peoples that are gathered mm-hmm. there. I mean, it's just yeah. horrific. So, yes, you're right. She is out there. I saw a clip of that this morning on uh, Amy Goodman's Democracy Now! And that mm. is the kind of leader we need. You know, I, I do want to add, though, to that level, Kiara, that uh, I had the great privilege of knowing John Hagelin, who was mm. formative in the, um, the the Natural Law Party, going back to, mm. I believe it was 1992, he ran initially. Um, Deepak Chopra and others were behind him then, as was I. And then I interviewed him. That was actually before I started A Better World TV, which started in March of 1993. But the following election mm-hmm. cycle, he was on numerous times, and then again in the year 2000. And just the delight that you felt in Fort Collins listening to Jill Stein up front speak Mm -hmm. from a space of authenticity I will also say that John Hagelin was doing something parallel starting Mm -hmm. in 1992 after all the guy is a TMer he was a deeply spiritual being at the same time of being a a Harvard trained professor in uh, quantum physics so uh, he was coming from a similar kind of space and it was very heartening for those of us who were spending time with him. Harold Bloomberg, Neil Donald Walsh, others, he had assembled a tremendous following back then mm-hmm. as well. So I see and what's going things. on here with Jill as a, a continuation of that mm-hmm. kind of um, energy field, if you will. Yeah, you are saying? And one of the things that uh, Hegelin was talking about based on the Maharishi university is the Maharishi effect, which is that if you have a certain percentage of the human collective focusing on something, meditating together or holding a vision, that creates a ripple effect. You know, then it's like yes. a exactly. um, it's a collective wave that can sweep through and like the hundredth monkey phenomenon. And I see that happening. I have a friend in Colorado who used to be um, in the NSA, and then uh, quit. Mm-hmm. And one thing he was saying last year is that in about August or September of last year, the NSA um, was quite concerned because they recognized that the human collective consciousness is now no longer wishing to be controlled. They no longer mm-hmm. are ready to be to stand. Uh, with oppression, injustice, terrorism. Mm. It's like we're saying enough to all this. The collective is saying enough to all this. And so once that happens, you know, the snowball starts rolling faster and faster and faster. So it's not about linear time anymore. You know, something is breaking through the collective in a way that wasn't possible before. And that's what I see, you know, with Dr. Jill Stein. It's like she represents in this hemisphere the power of the people as a collective. Just like on the other side of the world, there's, there's Vladimir Putin, who's, you know, some refer to him as a traitor to the New World Order. You know, he's saying mm-hmm. enough to yes. all the oppression and greed of imperialistic policy. And of and, U.S. world domination. Yes. That always goes and, by a different name, you know. 
I'm calling for for a new earth based on green principles, based on yeah. financial equality, based on a gold standard, just like yeah. uh, Xinhua in China is doing. And so this whole BRICS alliance is like an alternative to the World Bank International Monetary Fund that is not based on fractional reserve, that's based on equality. And that's, again, a part of the 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 new... Yes. The new earth, the new consciousness, absolutely, absolutely. And it was in part reflected through the Bernie Sanders movement Mm. and is wholly supported by, advocated by, and advanced by the Green Party and the, you know, candidacy of Jill Stein. I want to say something about this and all that you're saying here, Kiara, because I really very much appreciate it, is this sense of breaking through our linear thinking, which gives rise then to our very narrowed perspective of time. So we get just this idea of a thin band called linear time, but we're really, Mm -hmm. I I am always reminded of uh, a quote attributed to Einstein that time is nature's way of keeping everything from happening at once. And uh, maybe what it should be saying is our conception of linear time, because otherwise mm-hmm. everything actually is happening all at once in multi dimensions, you know. But what exactly. I'm thinking here now is that everything is unpredictable, despite what mm-hmm. the pundits may say, ho, ho, ho. And everything is precipitous. And mm. it takes a long time sometimes to be precipitous. It's sort of like in Zen we have the gradual school of enlightenment and we have the sudden school of enlightenment. Well, it's very mm. interesting. Rarely do they say that in order to enjoy the sudden school of enlightenment, you had to have been a participant first in the gradual school of enlightenment. Mm. <laughs> you know, the two actually go hand in hand. So, But right now what we have done with climate change, what we've done our assaults for hundreds and hundreds of years now, just in recent Mm. the beautiful earth that you've been speaking so eloquently about, uh, it is catching up with us. It has caught up with us. We have already passed certain tipping points. There's no going back no matter what we do, 350 or below, and there's a way of mitigating modifying, surely, and God knows many of us are making extreme efforts to do that as best Mm -hmm. we can. Mm -hmm. But even that said, there is a precipitousness to the melting of the ice caps, the thawing out of, of, you know, multi, multi multi-thousand and multi-million year sections of ice in Greenland, the North Pole, etc. And anything can change climatically at any moment. And I want to say that that happens in the human realm as well. There are cracks in the iceberg of the political structure and economic Mm. structure that we've been living inside of for all of these years. It harkens back to what you were saying earlier about the shift in the magnetic field and therefore the uh, dissolving of the matrix, i.e. life as we know it. So I just like to remind people that Mm. what we think is steadfast as in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party and that is it. Well, in fact, the third parties are creaking, coming through the cracks like never before in modern history, I should say. Mm -hmm. Uh, There is, interestingly, a long history in the United States of third parties being much more embraced. It's only been in the last 50 years or so that there has been a such a powerful power grab among these two parties that are almost indistinguishable in way too many ways. Um, and they, they have a stranglehold on the whole thing now. That's another conversation. But you know what I'm saying, that there's an openness yeah, and a possibility that didn't exist just a little while ago. Exactly. You know, when you spoke about linear time, Mitchell, 
I also want to speak about timelines because yes. this takes us out of the realm of, you know, one dimension of time into multiple dimensions of time that are more about consciousness. So, yes. you know, we are multidimensional, whether we acknowledge this or not. And so yes. history also goes through multiple timelines based on what the collective is choosing in that moment. So I feel like we've already changed so-called timelines in the sense that our collective destiny is different now than what it was 10 years, 15 years, 20 years ago. So previously we might have created a massive world war, created massive environmental catastrophe and even worse climate changes than what we're experiencing now. But because of the power of this unified light that's entering into the body of the earth, that timeline has been shifting. So in a sense, what I see is that we are actually going to go through a much smoother process of birthing and awakening than could have been possible otherwise. So Sri Aurobindo speaks about the supramental catastrophe. So what mm-hmm. this means, it's not that everything is going to be supremely catastrophic, but there's, a, there's this unified force that's moving through our planetary history and the human collective psyche in such a way that things are going to be mitigated rather than amplified, so that as we go through the cycle, there's this unified field holding us in a way that that dampens the intensity of what could be possible. So it's mm-hmm. a smooth awakening. So in other that words, is no, it is heartening. There was a study that was released by the Pentagon, for instance, that in the past 70 years since Hiroshima, there's been at least, has it been 70 years? Maybe 60 years, 65 years. Um, yes. So there's been at least 70 or 80 separate incidents where someone uh, pressed the nuclear trigger and nothing happened. Either missiles just simply dissolved or they dematerialized midair or they landed and nothing happened. But something, Mm. or people decided to say no, I I will not press that button no matter what, even if it means court-martial. And those courageous acts or those mysterious acts have happened over and over again so that in a certain sense it's like Gaia is saying enough, you know, up yes. to a certain limit with no more. Um, and maybe the galactic families out there that are also making that decision with us. Only Absolutely. up to a certain limit with no more. And I feel like well, part of what we're going, going through now is the union of our galactic families with the human family in a way that we can literally join the galactic federation as worthy members rather than as the schizophrenic fanatics who are ruining and uh, destroying everything that we can. So I think this is a timeline that is that we're on right now, that we've actually made a collective decision to change timelines to where things can happen much more quickly and manifest much more creatively. And we are yes. co-creators with, yes. with Gaia, if we yes. choose to be. I, I very much appreciate all of these comments. They're very, very heartfelt, and it opens up a space of real possibility in the face of so much dissent, so much cynicism, so much hurt. The fact is that human beings have been traumatized as a collective, mm-hmm. you know, and we're dealing with some very difficult emotions when a little creature comes out of the womb and wants to be trusting, you know, Mm -hmm. and wants to be playful and in love with life and then gets so bombarded by the programming of the matrix as you were describing it, Kiara, you know, and it's so rough. It's really, Mm -hmm. we can hardly face how difficult life really is when you are that vulnerable being like a child 
that we mm-hmm. all have still residing inside us, you know, and we are forced to face the harshness of, of, of war, of conflict in a family, of even such phenomena as earthquakes, which may be a largely a mental projection of ours that creates such things. Mm-hmm. But no matter what, it is a tough world, and uh, it doesn't have to be that way. I think a lot of what we're saying and what you're sharing with us shows that the more responsible we become as co-creators uh, mm-hmm. with Gaia and life itself uh, opens up the portals for an entirely different kind of way of being on the planet that I feel as what is that beautiful name of the book by Charles Eisenstein, the the beautiful world we know uh, is ours or can mm-hmm. exist. I'm, I'm fudging the full name, but it's, it's something of that order, you know, this vision I feel that we all really have of a of a world that works for all, you know, that kind of Shambhala, Shangri-La kind of nature. Well, I'm remembering you know. a quote from Gandhi where he said that someday after we've learned to harness the power of the atom and we've harnessed all these technologies and so on, one day we'll learn to harness the power of love. And then oh. it'll be like building fire for the very first time yes. in in history. So oh it's like, you know, my. we are just on the verge of this right now. We're just on the verge of discovering how profoundly we can be co-creators on this earth, how profoundly we can bring love through our hearts in such a way that's responsible and that's that's productive and beautiful and cre- co-creative. You know, we've learned to see love as something that's that's taking rather than serving. You know, because exactly. there's only so much to do around. But if once you recognize that who I am is love, and there's not right. this vast ocean that's constantly flowing through our lives, and you can just right. drop into that ocean and be this infinite source moving through in this very physical world, in this very physical body, but holding that power of love through us, through our hearts and through our bodies. Exactly. You know, nothing, exactly. can, nothing can hold us back. I found so, the name of the book. I was close. The Beautiful World Our Hearts Know is Possible. <laughs> That's what. Mm. Mm. And you'll be amused in our closing here today although I'm so enjoying everything you're sharing with us in our dialogue, but you'll be very amused. This is a uh, something I just came across online uh, from the Telegraph in the UK. Royal Astronomer, quote, aliens may be staring us in the face. <laughs> Talk about the confluence of energies, galactic and terrestrial. Lord Martin Rees, president of the Royal Society and astronomer to the Queen, said the existence of extraterrestrial life may be beyond human understanding. He made the remark shortly after hosting the National Science Academy's first conference on the possibility of alien life. They could be staring us in the face and we just don't recognize them. Mm. The problem is that we're looking for something very much like us, assuming that they at least have something like the same mathematics and technology, he said, or noses and (laughs) eyes and ears. (laughs) But isn't that funny? I mean, here it is in today's... uh, Well, actually, no, this goes back... This goes back some time. Yeah. But nonetheless, it's just adorable <laughs> that, you know, mm-hmm. science is opening to these possibilities. Yeah. Right? Well, I think we're looking, <laughs> we're looking in the wrong dimension. You know, as we yeah. open our doors of perception, they've been here all along. They're exactly. aspects of who we are. They're coming through in ways that we, you know, that are very familiar to us, except that we, you know, close off those doorways and, you know, we think in this 
three dimensions of time and space that we are familiar with and don't see that there's anything beyond that. So Absolutely. I think now is the time that we are actually opening those doors and the contact has always been there. Now it's just yep. a matter of, okay, where do we go from here? And we are the ones that we've been waiting for. That's right. <laughs> Voila. Well, that's a beautiful line to complete our dialogue on. I couldn't have put it better. I very much appreciate that. Kiara Windrider, you're a gem and a real contribution to our planet. And uh, keep going, Mon. Keep going. You're doing beautiful work. Well, Michelle, it's really just such a pleasure to reconnect. And I feel like uh, the space that you hold for so many is so precious as well. And keep going the way you're going, bringing people together and connecting us with infinite possibilities and new technologies and new visions and new political, economic possibilities and and how it all in, interacts with who we are as spiritual beings, you know, yeah, as responsible and um, powerful at the same time. Thank you, my friends. Thank you so much. If you would, share your website with our audience. Sure. It's kiarawindrider.net. And I'm also on okay. Facebook as Kiara Windrider. Okay, beautiful. Kiara, thank you again for being on A Better World and helping to create one with me today. It's so beautiful. And uh, have a wonderful trip back to India. So glad that you came stateside again. And uh, we'd love to have you back on another time. Wonderful. Well, thank you, Mitchell. Much blessing, much love to you and all the listeners. Thanks so much, my friend. Bye-bye now. I hope. Bye. Oh, bye-bye. Kiara Windrider, dear friend, colleague, such a thoughtful and creative person, highly intuitive, as you could hear from all that he was sharing, just beautiful, highly studied, and uh, considered comments coming from a, a space of love that uh, just makes Kiara a wonderful teacher, He's been teaching, as I said earlier, all over the world, really, for many years now and has been embraced by so many and appreciated in all of the different ways that he brings forward to help people uh, catalyze their own higher nature. And that's really what he does. And it was in that context that we originally actually met in uh, Oneness University outside of Chennai, India, back in 2004 already, and um, that's the linear way of counting, and uh, we've really been good friends and brothers ever since, so it's uh, Dharma Brothers keep people together in a way that uh, very little else does, so it's with that kind of love and respect for him that I highly recommend you pick up his books. You can find them on his website or on ours, abetterworld.tv. If you do not yet receive our free weekly newsletter, make sure you go to abetterworld.tv and tune in. On the right-hand column is a chance to sign up for it. And uh, we do not bombard. It's only out once a week. Also, uh, I want to just let you know that A Better World Foundation Unlimited is a 501c3, that is a nonprofit organization, and we sustain through your donations, through your kindness, and your understanding that these airwaves are available because you help us stay here. And there are a number of ways of contributing through direct dollars to the um, participation in some of our energy healing processes, like the Harmonic Energetic Balancing Program, through life system biofeedback coaching sessions, stress management sessions also, with me, moi, as well as uh, purchases of some of our products that help people stay healthy and hydrated and young and beautiful 
all of it is actually very important for planet Earth here and our species. All of these are part of our heritage and our beautiful cultural traditions. So go to our website, inquire, and contact me with any questions, comments, or suggestions for guests at MJR, my initials, MJR at abetterworld.net, MJR at abetterworld.net, or by phone at 212-420-0800. It's really such a pleasure and honor to serve you. You know that uh, we do our best to bring you the most enlightened, educated shows and people, conversations, dialogues that will help to stimulate the human spirit to its highest reaches. So thank you again for joining. Make sure you take this link and share it with your friends and family and others across the planet. Everyone needs to hear these words. Uh, The dialogue with Kiara Windrider this evening is just so rich. I so enjoy the purview he brings forward in his thinking and the thinking in and of from his heart. It's very obvious. It goes right to the quick. So this is the kind of work we all need to do collectively as well as individually. Again, thank you, and I look forward to seeing you all next week. 